News Talk 1110-993 WBT. The Pete Callender Show. Third hour underway. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, the phone number is 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. So I've been watching this story percolate on the North Carolina politics hashtag this afternoon. And uh, so I know nothing about it. I'm just watching the reaction. It's sort of the, I have there's a platform called TweetDeck. It's affiliated with Twitter. And you basically set this thing up. You can create lists and um, then you have this flow of stories that go past and you can create all these different lists. And I have some and one of them is a hashtag for NC politics. So I can always see what's going on. It's almost like watching the Matrix. You can see the narratives uh, be crafted in real time. You can see the response from all the activists and the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself. And then you can watch it calcify into the truth and then get news stories and coverage and that sort of thing. So here's what happened. Um, Lucille Sherman used to be over at the News and Observer, I believe. She just landed a gig with Axios. They opened up an office up in Raleigh, I want to say. And so she went to work for them. So she's been covering North Carolina politics for a couple of years now. Now she's over at Axios. Um, Her big first story for Axios is uh, a couple of Facebook posts written by Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, wherein he acknowledges that he paid for an abortion. Mark Robinson paid for an abortion. That's the headline. And here are the, and he said this on two occasions on Facebook that he kept buried on his public profile where everybody could see it. Actually, it's, a, it's the public profile. You could just go there and read it. I saw somebody make a comment that, wow, this post is from 2012. Took the Democrats 10 years to find this thing. But guys, I, th- I think I know why we're losing elections. Um, so here's the first, here's the first post because of, oh, let me say this. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the reaction here that I'm watching percolate, which is, <clears throat> He's a hypocrite. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's the argument. That's what everybody is swarming over is that he's a hypocrite because he has been pro-life, anti-abortion. He's been strident in all of this ever since his meteoric rise to fame after he went down to give the two or three minute speech at the Greensboro City Council about abortion. Oh, no, actually, that was about guns. Um, he went down and spoke to the city council about guns and crime. And it was such a fiery speech. And anybody who's watched him uh, perform on stage, he has a presence. He he channels that, you know, Southern preacher kind of persona. And he is inspiring. He is moving. And uh, he's funny and uh, informative it's uh, kind of like me. All right, I'll stop. Anyway, this obviously now is just going to destroy his brand as this evangelical, right? Because he's a hypocrite. He's such a hypocrite because he paid for an abortion in 1989, which 
I was told there'd be no math when I took this job, but I think that's over three decades ago. And that would put him, because he's a little bit older than me, that would put him somewhere in his late teens, early 20s. So let's see what he had to say, or let's hear what he had to say. I mean, is he gloating about this? Let's see. So here's one post. He's responding. He's in an argument about abortion with somebody. And here's what he says. What a silly argument. 99% of abortions in this country are done on demand, meaning the woman had consensual sex, got pregnant, and simply does not want to have the child. Everybody knows there's exceptions to the rules, and in the case that you mentioned, that should be up to the woman. But to have abortion mills that kill the unborn at will is shameful, and as sure as I am writing this, if we allow this to become an accepted part of our society, we will feel the wrath of God. And I'm not on a high horse here. I'm not saying abortion is wrong because I said so. It's wrong because God says so. It's wrong when others do it, and it was wrong when I paid for it to be done to my unborn child in 1989. Here's the second post. This has nothing to do with politics. It's about morality. Abortions like this one are barbaric. And by the way, I saw your comment on my other post, and I intend to keep pointing those fingers and and I intend to keep pointing those fingers at me first. Abortion is wrong. It's wrong when others do it, and it was wrong when I, yes, I, paid to have my own child aborted in 1989. If you don't like the post uh, like these, I suggest you unfriend me because I will continue to post anti-abortion messages. If they offend you, I do apologize. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but if you think... Um, it's a victory for you or for your political cause to point out that a Christian has admitted wrongdoing, accepts the fault, and is repenting. I'm not sure you're as up to speed on politics or religion to be opining on these things, okay? This is going to cost him zero. That's this doesn't move the needle because the people who love him, they already love him. And and the evangelical white conservatives, do you think do you think that they're going to be persuaded to abandon the Christian guy that says, I did this terrible thing. I have sinned. I was wrong. And now I have devoted all my energy to making sure it doesn't happen to anybody else and people don't make those same wrong decisions and I re- that I regret. Do you think that message doesn't resonate with Christians? No, oh, by all means, please proceed. Proceed with the coverage. Proceed. It's, it's just kind of funny to me what the left and uh, the media, but I repeat myself, that what they think is a win. So that's the Mark Robinson story. And then Lucille Sherman says, uh, it's worth noting that Robinson mentioned in two separate comments, in, in both in 2012, that he paid for his partner to have an abortion. From what I can see on his personal Facebook page, he hasn't mentioned it since. Okay. So what? So that makes him a hypocrite? I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm curious to see. They, they did not comment for the article, probably because it's Axios. But um, I'm sure they'll put out a statement. And it's not like he's been running from the story. If he was, he would have just deleted it off of his public Facebook page. So anyway, now you're caught up. 
in comes the internet. On the internet, with one click, you can receive, you can distribute tens of thousands. You can be doing this for 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, you are looking at 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. Cut. Good. I understand. Absolutely Senator, good. I hope you are. To do good. Allow her to finish, please. I hope you go to jail for 50 years. If you're on the Internet trolling for images please. of children and sexual exploitation. So, so you don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a that's horrible not thing. That's what the witness said, and she should be allowed. No, my goodness. In comes right, the so Internet. The, oh, let me stop. On the Internet. Sorry. With Reloaded Twitter. <laughs> um, that was Lindsey Graham. With the uh, nominee, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, and um, I got to agree with Real Philly P, just some random guy who says he is definitionally not a woman. Um, he says, say what you will on the merit. When you're defending being lenient on pedophilia, you're losing. And credit to Republicans for getting this type of soundbite on the record. The political damage that was done in this exchange, because what she's trying to argue, this is the, this is unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. The people who sit around and argue about, well, these child porn images came via the mail and now it's an aggravating factor. And so the number is worse. And so more pictures equals a harsher sentence. But now in the internet age, you can get, you know, a million pictures downloaded at once. And so it's only one click. And so it's not the same. And now you're looking at 50 years and Lindsey Graham, say what you will about him, but Lindsey Graham buries her on that. He says, good. It doesn't matter to me if it's one click or a million clicks. Good. You should go to jail. For that long. And that's going to play very well for a lot of voters. Um, so that was a highlight from today. By the way, Abigail Schreier, she's a journalist and an author. Um, she tweeted out uh, that KBJ is celebrated for being a pathbreaking woman, but she can't and won't tell you what a woman is. Not a good sign for somebody who wishes to be in a position to determine the rights American women will get to keep. A fellow named Ed Asante. I think he's just some random dude up in Virginia. But this is Pete's tweet, so I get to read him. Marsha Blackburn nails it. At the end, the judge is in her 50s, and the definition of woman wasn't controversial until a year ago. This is not something she is struggling to define. She's just going with the flow. That's worrying for a judge. Frank Fleming at the Daily Wire, he says, Biden promised to nominate a black woman but never consulted a biologist to determine whether, in fact, Katanji Brown-Jackson is a woman. This feels like a uh, just feels like another broken promise. All right, next up, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Oh, by the way, sorry. I forgot to um, congratulate Aaron, or is it A.A. Ron? Aaron, who won the tickets to the WBT uh, 100th anniversary celebration. So congrats, Aaron. Uh, there will be other opportunities, folks, so stay tuned. All right, so Ted Cruz, he goes after KBJ, Judge KBJ, on the CRT, I think. So let me ask yeah, you, there it is. related to the 1619 Project, which I believe is, is deeply inaccurate and misleading, 
1619 project is closely, closely intertwined with a movement that is called critical race theory. Uh, critical race theory, as you know, originated at your and my alma mater at the, at the Harvard Law School. Uh, in your understanding, what, what does critical race theory mean? What is it? Senator, my understanding is that critical race theory is, um, it is an academic theory that is about the ways in which uh, race interacts with um, various institutions. It doesn't come up in my work as a judge. It's never something that I've uh, studied or relied on, and it wouldn't be something that I would rely on if I was on the Supreme Court. So critical race theory, as you know, has its origins in the critical legal studies movement, which also came from Harvard Law School, from a number of critical legal studies professors, crits as they were known when we were in law school, uh, who are explicitly Marxists. And they find their origins in Marxism, although critical legal studies frames society as a fundamental battle between socioeconomic classes, critical race theory frames all of society as a fundamental and intractable battle uh, between, between the races. It views every conflict as, as a racial conflict. Um, do you think that's an accurate way of viewing society in the world we live in? S Senator, I don't think so. Um, if oh, Ibram X. Kendi, hardest hit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But wait, wait, wait. I mean, he's kind of under the bus. He's he's like, he's laying there. He's laying there in front of the bus. And, okay, maybe she maybe she, she bumped him, and that's why he's laying down in front of the bus. Does she go all the way over him? We will find out. All right, uh... I forgot to add this in when we were talking earlier. Remember, I was remember that time when I was talking about the uh, the NBA and the WNBA. You remember that time? Well, and I said that the NBA and the WNBA, like they are discriminatory because they don't allow, like the NBA, there are no women, and WNBA, there are no men. So obviously, that's discriminatory. It's discrimination. And I got a message from someone who wants to remain anonymous who said it's not discrimination by the NBA because that's merit-based and chicks can't compete. <laughs> well, they, But now there is some truth to that, right? If, if, a, if women could compete at the level in the NBA, would they be there, right? Theoretically, yes, which is why they discriminate and have two different leagues. Because if you go that way, then you have to allow the men to go into the WNBA and... Would the men then fill the ranks of the WNBA and you would basically have two NBA leagues or one co-ed league and one not? I don't know. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. All right. So where we left off with Ted Cruz and Judge KBJ was that Cruz had asked her about critical race theory and uh, whether or not uh, people were inherently... Uh, racist and view and we should view all of America through this prism uh, of race. And he outlined what CRT is and where the critical race theory came out of critical legal studies and the crits at Harvard Law and Kimberly Crenshaw and Derek Bell. Like 
he he, he kind of he, he touched on all of that and the judge says I've never studied it which is weird to me if you went through Harvard did you not take any of their classes but maybe she did not I don't know anything about that so she's like I've not studied it at all I have no idea what any of this is about and so yeah it's an academic theory it doesn't come up in my work by the way she uses the term the work way too much for me to believe that she doesn't know what CRT is about and that she's completely divorced from it because that phrase doing the work it, it CRT is saturated with that phrase okay so I'm not buying that either but let's hear her out she's right now said no I don't think that that's a healthy thing to uh, a healthy way to look at society it's not good for uh, for the society and I don't uh, I, I don't agree with that so as we left off she had maybe just kind of bumped into Ibram X Kendia a uh, Kendi a little bit and knocked him to the ground and and she's driving the bus and the bus is now like right up above him does she ride over? Well, she did kind of ride over him a little bit, but does she back it up and ride over him again? But I've never studied critical race theory and I've never used it. It doesn't come up in the work that I do as a judge. So so with respect, I, I find that a curious statement uh, because um, you gave a speech in April of 2015 Uh-oh. Uh, at the University of Chicago in which you of described course. the job you do as a judge. And you said sentencing is just plain interesting because it melds together myriad types of law, criminal law, and of course constitutional law, critical race theory. So you described in a speech to a law school what you were doing as critical race theory. Uh, and so I guess I would ask, what, what did you mean by that when you gave that speech? With respect, Senator, um, the quote that you are mentioning there um, was about sentencing policy. It was not about sentencing um, I was talking about the policy uh, determinations of bodies like the Sentencing Commission when they look at a laundry list of various academic subjects as they consider what the policy should be. Okay, but, Critical you, but you race- were vice chair of the Sentencing yeah. Commission, so let me ask you again, what did you chair. mean by Because that was an official responsibility of yours. Right, so she says, oh, well, that's just what the commission would use and look at these things. You were the vice chair of the commission, so... You just said you didn't study critical race theory. What, what I meant mean by what you were doing was critical race. What theory? I meant was that there are a number of that that uh, slide does not show the entire laundry list of different uh, academic disciplines. But it's one that of I them. said um, relate to sentencing policy, but none of that relates to what I do as a judge. Yeah, so she goes from, I don't use CRT as a judge, to it's used by the Sentencing Commission, and just because I'm the vice chair of the commission and worked with the commission for all those years, that doesn't mean I do anything with it. Or you, Okay, so then Cruz asks if CRT is being taught or is not being taught in K-12 schools. Senator, I don't know. I don't think so. I believe it's an academic theory that's at the law school level. This is the same leftist defense that they attempted when the critical race theory stuff started coming out a couple years ago. They would start off with this exact line. So she's trying it out on Cruz. Okay. Um, As you may recall, during the confirmation hearings of Justice Amy Coney Barrett, there was a great deal of attention paid to the fact that Justice Barrett served as a board member on the board of trustees of a religious private school, and, and the press focused very intensely on the views of that school. 
In your questionnaire to this committee, you disclose that you are similarly on a board, specifically uh -oh. the Board of Trustees for the Georgetown Day School. Uh-oh. And that you've been a board member since 2019, and you're currently still a board member. Is, is, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, in regard to the George, Georgetown Day School, you've publicly said, quote, since becoming a member of the GDS community seven years ago, Patrick and I have witnessed the transformative power of a rigorous progressive education that is dedicated to fostering critical thinking, interdependence, and social justice. No! When you refer to social justice and the school's mission on social justice, what, what did you mean by that? Thank you, Senator, for allowing me to address this issue. Uh -huh. Georgetown Day School has a special history that I think is um, important to understand when you consider my service on that board. The school was founded in 1945 in Washington, D.C. at a time in which, by law, there was racial segregation in this community. Okay. Black students were not allowed in the public schools to go to school with white students. Georgetown Day School is a private school that was created when three white families, Jewish families, got together with three black families mm -hmm. and said that despite the fact that the law requires us to separate, despite the fact that the law is set up She's to make sure right that black children are not treated the same as everyone else, we are going to form a private school. Yeah, we got it. You could so have said this in like three go sentences. To school together. The idea of equality, justice, is at the core of the Georgetown Day School mission. And it's a private school such that every parent who joins the community does so willingly with an understanding that they are joining a community that is designed to make sure that every child is valued every child is treated as having inherent worth and none are discriminated against because of race. So judge. Sh okay. So she, she did not answer the question. Uh, we're going to get back to this. News talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. All right. So yesterday where we left off in the audio here, Ted Cruz, was asking the uh, Supreme Court nominee, Kentaji Brown-Jackson, about critical race theory. He said, hey, you serve on the board of this private school, the Georgetown Day School. You're on the board of trustees. And uh, you said this comment about how it had the uh, transformative power of a progressive education. She mentioned social justice. And uh, he asked her about that. And she's like, because she had already said, I'm not really so sure about the critical race theory stuff, what it is. And it's an academic theory. It doesn't come up in my work. And then he said, well, you're on this board and you said this sentence. And then she says, oh, well, that's just about the history of the school. It was created during uh, de during um, segregation days. And so this was a school that was created to integrate. And that's our history. And she doesn't really answer the question. Which then prompts 
Cruz to go here. Jackson, all of us will agree that, that no one should be discriminated against because of race. When you just testified a minute ago that you didn't know if critical race theory was taught in K through 12, I will confess, I, I find that statement a little hard to reconcile uh, with the public record. Because if you look at the Georgetown Day Schools curriculum, Uh-oh. it is filled and overflowing with critical race theory. That, that among the, doc, the books that are either assigned or recommended, uh, they include critical race theory, an introduction. Uh-oh. Uh, they include the end of policing and ad, an advocacy for abolishing police. Uh-oh. They include how to be an anti-racist by Ibram Kendi. No! They include literally stacks and stacks of books, and I'll tell you two of the ones that were most stunning. They include a book called Anti-Racist Baby uh, by Ibram Kendi. And there are portions of this book that, that, that I find really quite remarkable. One portion of the book says babies are taught to be racist or anti-racist. There is no neutrality. Another portion of the book, they recommend to babies confess when being racist. Now, this is a book that is taught at Georgetown Day School to students in pre-K through second grade, so four through seven years old. Um, do, do you agree with this book that is being taught with kids that, that babies are racist? Senator... Yes. I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or though they are not valued or though they are less than, that they are victims, that they are oppressors. I don't believe in any of that. Down goes Kendi. Down goes Kendi again. She backed the bus up, ran over him again. Oh my gosh. What an I mean, think about that, right? She has she she is presented with two doors. And by the way, not for nothing, um that answer she just gave pretty clearly proves that she did know what CRT looked like in K-12 education. Because what did she say? Nobody should be told they're victims and oppressors. Cruz didn't say that. He didn't plant that language. She said that. So she's pretty clear on, what, on what's going on. Is that when you asked me whether or not this was taught in schools, mm-hmm. critical race theory, my understanding is that critical race theory as an academic theory is taught in law schools and... To the extent that you were asking the question, I understood you to be addressing public schools. Georgetown Day School, just like the religious school that Justice Barrett was on the board of, is a private school. Okay, so so you agree critical race theory is taught at Georgetown Day School? I don't know because the board is not, um, the board does not control the curriculum. The board does not focus on that. That's not what we do as board members, so I'm actually not. Sure. Wow. You're on the board of directors and you don't know what the kids are learning. That's interesting. That's a fantastic job. If I could, I, get, I wonder if I could get on a board. Does it pay? This is over at hotair.com by John Sexton. He says, first, 
Notice Judge Jackson is playing the same game progressives have played in claiming that anti that the anti racism that Kendi uh, is distinct that he that he does that that is distinct from CRT. Even though Kendi himself has said his definitions of racism and anti racism are drawn from intersectional theory, which is one of the critical components of critical race theory. It's foundational to being anti racist. That's what he says. He added, "Quote: I just I can't imagine a pathway." to being anti-racist that does not engage critical race theory. So if Kendi's anti-racism is being taught in a school, then th- that is dependent on a foundation of CRT. And I guess it's possible Judge Jackson doesn't know that, but it's certainly not a secret. Yeah, also, she says she thought he was talking about public schools. That's true, but does that mean that the same books would not or should not be taught in public schools? That's the implication. All right. We'll wrap up there. And uh, Brett Winnable coming up next. Stay tuned. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.